0: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast.
1: It's the trade that shook the NFL over the weekend to swap a first-round picks for one another. What could be Zubin. Unprecedented move? Yes.
0: I found out. Signed, sealed, deliver Key's lease agreement, okay, with this car. <laughs> what are you talking about? Man? I'm bringing it back, Key. Your car has remote start. I just want you to know, it has. we looked it up. It has remote start. So you no longer have to go out there and do all that stuff. Just remote start it from inside the crib, let it warm up for 10 to 15 minutes, and then go outside, get in it, and be cozy and ready to go.
2: Yeah, but that has nothing to do with the ice, though, Zubin, right? I mean, you still got to get the snow off the windshield. And yeah, the side but the heat can, can come bed. on.
0: The heat can come on. You have the heat on, blasting. You leave it blasting. It warms up the inside of the car. In essence, it, it kind of, you know... I'm helping melt the ice.
2: Well, I didn't know anything about having a. Re- First of all, it's not my truck, so oh. I don't know anything about the remote start. Now that I've learned <laughs> it has a remote start, I'll use it when time permits. Evan, get in
3: here, Evan. Right? Well, no, Give it's me. called defrosting. You you remote start the car, and then you have the defroster set, and it literally melts that's a lot away of work most of the man. ice. No, it's not. it's a, not. It it's a, it a button its You're not oh. melting,
2: man. That's- several inches of ice. snow sitting on top of that thing. It ain't right. melting that.
3: And then when you brush it with the with the snow brush, it comes off because it's almost like water because it's exactly. melted. I'll exactly. use the de-icer.
0: <laughs> What's the brand name of the de-icer that is uh, specifically uh, positioned great in all the footage that we have?
2: I don't know. <laughs> I just know it's de <laughs> I don't know. I just put it there. I put it there while I brushed because I couldn't hold it and brush it the same. My damn hand was cold. So I had I put one hand in my pocket and used the other hand to brush it off. What are you laughing at, Zubin? No, just you're learning. I mean, you're You need having, to get
0: this guy a sponsorship deal think, with some kind of de-icing, de-icing part, liquid.
2: At least I'm de-icing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> at least I'm doing it, Jay. I can't with you, I can't. It's just sitting there. That's the part
2: that's
4: killing me. I was afraid, man.
2: though. I was like. Is, is You know, with all the oh. ice and stuff, I was thinking to myself, is it going to cave in the roof? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's got to buckle at some point. That's a lot. That was a lot of stuff, man. That, you got to think it's going to be heavy, right, Zubin?
1: I mean, at some point it packs on there, it starts to weigh it down.
0: Zubin, you used the ice when you are up in Connecticut, though, Bristol days, right?
1: Yeah, now I walk, though, so no worries about that. And it's coming down, man. It could be for the first time in a half decade we get more than a foot of snow here in New York City.
2: I'm fine with it now that I know that I could just push buttons and start the car. I'm good. <laughs> it's not my car though. And then Evan gonna ask me what year.
0: We are good. Well, you oh, should man. know what year your car is. I mean, it's that's no. Not Evan hard.
2: should know what year it is. I was. Evan,
0: Evan I was should know what year what, your car is. Absolutely. That's was, gangster right there. That's cold blooded. Evan.
3: Evan should know. I was asking because, like a good producer, I was trying to find you some information on how to use your remote starter, which I did. I produced. That's yeah, what I, I do. Like I was, so I just needed to have some huh? some information from you, Key, to get you the answers you yeah, needed. Yeah, but you
2: thought I was getting ready to tell you it's a '94 or something? Man. Come on, man.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I think you're driving a '94.
5: Yep. <laughs> okay. I know you way okay. too well. <laughs> what? Let's go, Zubin. <laughs> on right. to the next.
1: Keyshawn J will Zubin brought to you by uh, DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app. Use code KJZ to get free shot millions of dollars so up for grabs this week uh, with your first deposit. Minimum five dollar deposit required eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details we're asking this morning what's the next quarterback domino to fall after what happened with stafford and golf over the weekend you guys have waited all morning let's get right back to the callers steve in texas you're on espn radio steve how's it going what's up steve what up steve what part of
6: texas what's up man how y'all doing this morning hey i just wanted to talk to y'all about the deshaun watson uh trade that could be possible hey man i think uh Three first round picks uh, to the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater for Sean Watson would be a good trade. That's not a bad deal. Yeah. I
2: mean, that, that's a. I don't know that he wants to go to Carolina, but that's not. I mean, Carolina three ones and Teddy Bridgewater, a st- established veteran quarterback that has won games in this league. Um, yeah, but I don't think Deshaun wants to go to Carolina. I mean, Boop, when you no start, trade close. When you start moving around, you want to go to places that make sense to win, you don't want to go to places just to go.
0: Keith, okay, let, let's be frank. It's it, Can I go to San Francisco because I want to win yesterday? Do I want to go to New York City? Do I want to be a Jet? Or we all know that Deshaun and this team have love for Miami. Like, I think those are the three most feasible options.
2: The Jets make a lot of sense for a lot of different reasons. Miami's a good football team that, that may be a quarterback away from really, really, really competing. Uh, they got to get some receiver help because I don't think that they have an ace down there that 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 makes you kind of – you know, you can go get Allen Robinson in free agency and maybe look at him alone with an A.J. Green, uh, maybe acquire uh, somebody. That's a good spot. San Francisco, young, young group, nice defense, although the defensive coordinator now is the head coach of the Rams and of the Jets and Robert Sala. Robert Sala. So what does that do to San Francisco's defense now that that guy is the head coach in New York? What will that defense look like? So you got to – you got to make some decisions. If you're Deshaun, what's the most important thing for you and your family? Is it lifestyle? Is it relaxing? Is it winning? Is it making more money? Like, what is what is your goal? What is it that you're looking for that's going to make you happy in this situation?
1: Jay in Tampa, you're on ESPN Radio. What do you think?
7: Yeah, I'm going to – how you doing, guys? What's what happening? What's up, Jay? All right, so I'm shutting down all the Watson trade right now. Everybody was mad that Hopkins got traded from the Texans, correct?
2: Yes. Yep.
7: So you so you take Watson. You can maybe even Will Fuller, but I don't know if you want to trade another receiver. Okay, and you take Tua, three first-round picks, because they're going to draft two. Probably Devontae Adams to go with Tua, right? So you take him. Tua's happy. He got a receiver. Houston got a receiver. Miami mean, got a You mean Devontae Parker? Or Dev, no, nah, the dude from kid from Alabama, Devontae Smith. Oh, Devontae Smith. Yeah, oh,
2: mean
7: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, you take that Smith, Tua, Houston's got the receiver, Miami's got the quarterback, and don't. I'm a Cleveland fan. Cleveland was clicking after OBJ got injured. Don't be surprised if OBJ might get mixed up in some kind of trade talk, maybe. Cause I don't, I don't think Cleveland wants to go with that. I don't know. I wouldn't. No, where are you he sending tells- him
2: to, though, man? You gave me every scenario. He's sent an
0: OBJ to Miami.
2: Okay, so you're, gonna send, you're sending an OBJ down to Miami to be with Deshaun. You're yeah. sending Tua to uh, Houston, Houston. And with that pick, you're going to draft Devontae Smith. Will Fuller Correct. goes to Miami as well.
7: If they want to get rid of Fuller, too.
2: That still ain't enough for me, though. You're you not giving me... Giving me Tua in a a third round, a third pick in the first round, that's not enough for me. I need some more. You got to give me some more now.
7: Three first rounders
2: from Miami. You're going to give me three, including your third pick and Tua. Correct. And Will Fuller. Will Fuller can stay in Houston. Yeah, but Will Fuller might be a a, free agent anyway. He is a free agent.
0: Yeah, so that that doesn't even matter. That doesn't even work.
7: So maybe you give me Brandon Cooks. Okay, or you can go get a, a AJ Green or a, a Robinson, Allen Robinson.
2: Yeah, but I need something from Houston other than three ones. I mean, from Miami other than three ones, you got to give one? me something. Yeah, I need something. I need more Stop than two me. and three ones. I need more.
7: All right, throw in a second. Come on. All right, deal done. Right. <laughs> Jason, in order- just
0: just just don't give it to him just because he asked for you for a Jay. Negotiate
2: well. That's what you gotta have. You gotta have a bad negotiator. <laughs> what do you think, <laughs> right, Zubin?
1: Jason in North Carolina. That's what, what we're
2: looking for around here. Bad negotiators. Jeez. Can't wait for our contracts to be up.
0: <laughs> bad what negotiators. Up what up, Jay in North Carolina? What's going on, man?
4: Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, first of all, I going to help Keyshawn out real quick. Uh, Best Buy. You can buy a remote starter for any car for a hundred bucks. They'll install it for free. <laughs> Uh, I've got one on a 96 Toyota Corolla. Uh, remote started. You get the defrost going. Uh, it'll pretty much be gone in 15 minutes. You don't want to use the de unless you have to because when you're coming home in the afternoon, it leaves a really bad glare on the windshield. and It'll blind oh, you. Uh, so oh. I prefer not to use it. But um, also, uh, as far as the Deshaun Watson thing, I don't think he's getting traded. Uh, I mean, not to get into this too much, but people want to talk about that plantation ownership mentality in the nfl there's nowhere more than east texas with old oil money where somebody's going to dig in their feet because they can and uh, it's not the nba where gm's posture just to try to drive up value i mean ask the jets and the dolphins and the bears how it is not having a quarterback for 25 years you don't mess around with that unless he pulls a Le'Veon bell and sits out for a full year and gets traded next off season he's not going anywhere but um at least that's my opinion, but uh, and I would say the next quarterback to get moved is Teddy Bridgewater. I know one guy just floated Teddy as an idea in a trade proposal, but the reason that Carolina got off of him so fast is Teddy got the ball eight times in the fourth quarter with a chance to win this game, uh, win the game this past year, and went 0 for 8, and that really soured the owner. But uh, Deshaun has actually said he wouldn't mind going to Carolina. He's from Georgia. He played at Clemson. Yeah, that's true. He's got family in the area. And um, Carolina spent all of their draft picks on defense last year, started a lot of rookies on defense, and still got a shutout under their belt. So there's a lot of talent there, and they got a lot of good skill players. No, so, you, uh, you you you, you
2: uh, make a, you make a great point. And uh, as you're talking, I'm thinking about the division outside of Tom Brady. The Falcons are rebuilding, mm-hmm. right? Uh, New Orleans. We don't know what that's going to be like because the quarterback issue there. And Carolina was a solid NFL football team last year. That that might not be a bad spot. I I totally forgot the the connection of Georgia, Carolina, Clemson, that whole particular area. So he's very familiar with that region.
1: Justin in Connecticut, you're on ESPN Radio. Justin,
0: are you there, Justin?
6: The the, the Texans are. Uh, they're not going to be uh, going for anything less than a, a first round like Trevor Lawrence. Anything. Ridiculous, uh, because you know what's the point of trading someone of that stature unless you're going to get someone of that stature? They're holding out for something huge. They're going to trade them. They need something big. Tua's is not going to do it. If Miami doesn't want Tua, and they need a closer for uh, for for Tua to finish games. Then nobody wants Tua. I don't care how many picks you're going to throw at, mm. and late, all those picks are going to turn into late round picks anyway. So unless you get a an early first round pick with, with top two or three, you're not going to get anything. So. And then Deshaun's not going to go to the Jack. so you might have to throw a three-way in, where uh, the Jets get involved. You got Salah, uh, Salah who's a, a coach he would play for. He's going to bring in other free agents. So in two years, the defense is going to turn around because of Salah. The culture is going to turn around. So, and I don't think one team is going to have enough to get what the uh, Deshaun Watson away from the Texans. You're going to have to get multiple teams involved. So a three-way in that situation. The Jags are going to need, if they're giving up Lawrence, they're going to need more than Lawrence to win. Let's be honest. They're so far behind. They're going to need four or five picks as well. So all those extra picks that are uh, being tossed around are probably all going to go to the Jags. Mm.
0: Key, I think Jason brings up, uh, Justin, excuse me, in Connecticut brings up an interesting point about the value of Tua, considering coming off injury, how he played this year, and the way they used Ryan Fitzpatrick. If you were a GM, like if – If that wasn't a guy that was on your board to begin with, right, because maybe you're concerned. like that has to factor into your opinion.
1: Let's dig more into the Rams. So there's really no debate that this didn't come out of nowhere. Obviously, the comments from McVeigh were one thing. The comments from Les Snead were another. But let's bring in Lindsay Theory, our Rams reporter. She covers the team every day. Lindsay, this is when maybe the national media fans outside of California started to realize what was going on. Not starting the playoff game, all of that. But you're with the team all the time. Is there a moment, maybe it was weeks ago, maybe longer than that, now with hindsight being 2020, what do you say to yourself? You know what? This may have been the start of a fracture that ended in a trade.
3: Yeah. Hi, guys. Good morning. Uh, I think the start of the fracture had to be the frustration of really the 2019 season, the fact the offense wasn't able to rebound from what ultimately was a disappointing performance in the Super Bowl. Now, where did the real issues start? I think that we first were clued in out here in L.A., week 12 against the 49ers, when Sean McVay, for the first time ever, publicly called out out Goffa after he turned the ball over three times in that loss. Uh, But even going further down the timeline, uh, you couldn't help but really take notice when the Rams go into the wild card playoff at Seattle and, and Jared Goff insists that he's fine. Uh, it's only 12 days after thumb surgery, but that's why he had the thumb surgery. He insists he's fine. He assists, insists he can play and Sean McVay nevertheless says, Nope, we're starting back up John Wolford uh, in a playoff game at in Seattle. So that really was the point when you look back and said, wow, this, something, something's amiss here. Um, because when your franchise quarterback, even if he's not 100%, it is saying that he can go out there and play, and you're opting to go for an undrafted free agent who's played in one NFL game, um, that, that's an issue.
2: Lindsey, how much did this move, uh, uh, Aaron Donald's time, factor into this move that they don't want to waste any more precious moments with this defense that's been in the top 10 since Sean McVay's arrival?
3: Yeah, no doubt he, as great as Aaron Donald is, and he seems to be getting better with age at some point, uh, he is thirty, seven seasons in. At some point he's gonna start going down the hill a little bit. Um, so this is this is something they've identified again as, as a Super Bowl window. Um, which is interesting because that's what we said 2018 when they made all those wild changes to go for the Super Bowl. Um, they, they still have an opportunity with that defense. Obviously, it was the number one defense in the league last season. Um, you bring back Aaron Donald, you bring back Jalen Ramsey. They're going to probably lose a few key pieces in free agency, um, like their pass rusher, Leonard Floyd, um, just with the dropping salary cap. Uh, but this defense uh, is definitely a unit they want to try and capitalize on. Um, although the, the interesting part of that is after you have the number one defense, there's also you, you don't tend to improve on that, especially when you bring in a new defensive coordinator. Raheem Morris obviously is very, very talented, but he's going to be running uh, Brandon Staley's scheme, which is something he's never done before.
2: Lindsey Theory, ESPN Rams reporter with all the information on the Los Angeles Rams for us this morning. Joining us on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Lindsay, how does things change now and the expectations for the Rams, giving you up the picks that they gave up, acquiring uh, Matthew Stafford, and moving on from a quarterback that took him to the Super Bowl two years ago?
3: Well, the expectation is the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the Rams fans out here in L.A., uh, At first, they were happy to have a team back. But now you look around, the Dodgers are winning championships. The Lakers are winning championships. The Rams make another move to go all in. And now the expectation is to go back to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And really, the the pressure is now entirely back on Sean McVay. uh, Because if you make a move like this, and this move obviously was something McVay wanted to happen as he grew frustrated and tired of Jared Goff, this move is, is on his time now. Um, this is the quarterback he "quote unquote" wanted, even though he signed off on Goff's extension. And so, after after the Rams kind of moved heaven and earth to go get Matthew Stafford, um, it cannot it cannot be another eleven or ten win season. Um, it can't be just a playoff appearance. Now the chips are all in to go back to the Super Bowl. So uh, now McVay needs to prove that he can get this offense back to where it used to be.
0: Lindsay, is this? Is this extra, extra? I mean, has Sean McVay ever felt this kind of pressure that you think he's going to be feeling this season since expectations are to win it in this short window?
3: You know, I think there was a pretty big expectation in 2018 when they went out and got Marcus Peters and Akeem to leave and then brought in Ndamukong so that That was a huge expectation also to follow up on what was a tremendous first year as the youngest head coach in the NFL. Uh, but I think this is going to be a... Different pressure because back then I don't know that uh, as as much as people went Super Bowl or bust. That the expectation for a second year coach in the building was for him to truly get them to the Super Bowl. I, I know there was a hope they would go, but but not the expectation. And I think this is the first time where Sean McVay. I don't want to say he's coaching for his job. Way too way too soon to say that. But you have two years with Matthew Stafford, and you need to make it. Uh, you need to capitalize on it. And if not, I think. There might be somebody in L.A. who says, you know, we had the roster. We had every tool to do it. We had this big brand-new stadium, all eyes on us, after we made these very um, daring moves. And uh, I think Sean McVay is going to feel a bit more pressure to, to get to the Super Bowl and get it done.
0: How much did familiarity between Les Snead and Brad Holmes really factor into getting this deal done?
3: Oh, it was huge. Brad Holmes spent 18 years, his entire career in L.A., or not in L.A., but with the Rams. Uh, before he, he took this GM job. Um, so his familiarity, especially with Jared Goff, because there's a lot of mixed reviews out there uh, on, on Jared Goff and what he is as a quarterback. With Brad Holmes, was one of the guys who scouted Goff. Uh, you know, when it was the Goff-Wentz decision, he seems kind of favor, lean toward Goff back then. Um, so definitely his, his familiarity with Goff, but also his familiarity with, uh, what the Rams are willing to give up and maybe kind of get that price to go up and get the Rams really to, to throw in that second, first-round pick. Um, that that definitely was a huge factor.
2: Lindsay, as you look at it with inside the Rams organization, as I said before, you're all over this thing 24-7. Uh, within that organization, what are they saying about the fact the Rams will not have a first-round pick into the year 2024
3: you know inside the organization it does not save them and it hasn't saved them uh really the first time I realized oh these guys don't care about first round picks was back when they traded for Brandon Cooks they got they sent that I believe it was the number 23 pick at the time to New England got Brandon Cooks and Leslie made it very very clear it's kind of the old, a bird in the hand is better than two in the Bush deal. Uh, he would rather trade for a known commodity, a proven player, than he would go out, and especially in the late, late picks of the first round. You know, those don't tend to always be a surefire hit, uh, maybe like an early pick in the first round would be. So Lesnien has no problem, especially thinking those are going to be late picks. They anticipate they're going to be good. Um, sending those out to, to, to bring in a player who who they know who, who has proven himself.
2: Lindsay, real quick, for before I let you go, has the Rams ticket sales spiked since this news at all?
3: <laughs> Key, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 you know I don't know I don't know uh, if it has. That's not something I've explored yet about ticket sales. Uh, but I don't know that Matthew Stafford, you know, he's got the whole connection to Clayton Kershaw uh, from high school. Uh, but I'm not sure that Matthew Stafford is someone who's moving the needle for fans to, who are on the uh, edge to pick up the phone and call and, and buy seats. Uh, I think really what con- that's going to come down to is uh, as we get closer of the stadium opening to fans, people getting excited, and people are probably going to want to see the product a little bit to see if it has indeed Improved from what it's been uh, on offense, right? In L.A., everyone
1: loves offense. No, that's fair. Yeah, you mentioned Kershaw and Stafford went to high school together in Dallas. Now they're reunited out in Los Angeles. And as you mentioned, Clayton's got that championship, something that Stafford's been looking for. At this point, Stafford would settle for a playoff win. He's 0-3 in his career in the postseason. Lindsay, thanks very much.
0: Thanks,
2: Lindsay. Thanks, guys.
0: Thank you. Well, it
2: wouldn't – you know, you you think about it, though. People run – oh, they're going to the Super Bowl. And all of a sudden, they just start buying tickets and going crazy. I couldn't – I I wouldn't think it would move the needle, but you just – the Rams certainly think they're going to get over the hump. They got tired of Jared Goff.
1: That they did. Matt Stafford in on the way. Lewis Riddick from Monday Night Football on his thoughts on this mega deal between Matt Stafford and Jared Goff.
8: Hey, it's Greeny, and the first enormous move of the NFL offseason has been made. Jared Goff traded to the Lions. Matthew Stafford now with the Rams. What does it all mean? We'll talk about it Monday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around.
5: Kyrie Irving inbound
1: it for the left corner. Irving
8: bounce pass under the basket. Bank in and out by Luau. Cover the rebound. Bradley Beal, the Wizards win.
1: And that was on Federal News Radio. Wizards crazy. A couple three-pointers in the last seconds to stun the Nets. The Nets are up five with 12 seconds to go. But when Washington hit for eight points in the final 8.1 seconds, you knew it was going to be their night. You heard me right. Eight points in the final 8.1 Seconds. Major League Baseball Players Association wants to push back the start of the season by a second or so. The MLBPA wants to say spring training should be in late March. That's when the season would start. The beginning of the season to late April when we'd be a month in. And they want to go 154 games, which used to be the old school way of doing it. Yet they want their players to be paid for 162 games. So play less than a normal season, but still get 100% of salaries. That's kind of the sticking point. Remember, during last year's protracted season that the dodgers ended up winning the world series black history month begins today this february 1 every day during our sports center update we'll look back at a great moment for Af- african americans in sports this was actually yesterday but it's so big we got to bring it back here and it's super bowl week after all doug williams the first black quarterback to win the super bowl super bowl 22 over the broncos 42 10 he obviously also played at grambling a historic black college and university congratulations to doug williams who's still out there working in NFL front offices. The Redskins won three Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. Still an amazing accomplishment for Joe Gibbs. And SportsCenter brought to you by 1-800-Flowers. This Valentine's, get the gift that's going to wow her at 1-800-Flowers. Right now, you can get the 18-stem enchanted rose medley for $39.99 or double the roses for $20 more. To order, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter code KJZ. adam told key that last wednesday on nfl live and halfway through the weekend adam reported the deal was yeah
2: it's about time he got something right
1: and adam will hopefully join us here i know he was on the phone a little early when he was supposed to join us talking Mm -hmm. to some movers and shakers and we're moving matt stafford off to the rams and jared goff Mm -hmm. to the lions matt stafford's 282 touchdown passes are the most in nfl history without a postseason win Stats Incredible brought to you by My Computer Career Training for a Better Life. ESPN Monday Night Football analyst Lou Riddick joins us on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven. Lou, first question for everybody is way in on the trade. What are your thoughts?
9: Yeah, look, I'll I'll tell you this about Matthew Stafford first and foremost. Look, I, I know people are all over the map on him. I can totally see why John. John. Sean McVay wanted Matthew in this offense with how he likes to run this offense, how it is a run-centric play-action pass offense first and second down, and then it's drop back like everyone else does on third down. Matthew is a player. He, he really is. He's a special talent, has special toughness, has special uh, football intellect and football intelligence. His career in Detroit was done a disservice with the way in which they didn't surround him with enough complimentary pieces to really help him out. And I know people say, well, you know, don't be a Matthew Stafford apologist. You know, he didn't win this number of games. He didn't win playoff games. He didn't do this. Well, you know what, the fact that quarterback wins or a a, a statistic, whether officially or unofficially anyway, is ridiculous, you know, on its own. But this guy right now is in a place where now he should thrive. He should thrive, and Sean McVay is going to need to make him thrive because this is a big bet on their part. As far as Detroit is concerned, in, there's no question that the brass in Detroit has a, a vested interest with the new GM being someone who campaigned to have Jared Goff drafted in L.A. Well for, well, for the Rams, for that franchise. And he feels as though, you know, they will be able to surround him with enough complementary pieces in an offensive structure that makes sense for him. And them getting future first round picks in 22 and 23. Hey, they feel as though they're set up to like cash in later on. So really, ideally, you want it to be win-win anyway, Zubin. You want each place to feel as though they, they came out on top or rather they came out with the possibility of being on top because that really then pretends for you being able to do business down the road with people when you don't feel like you got hosed and that you can make good deals with people. We're going to see, though. We're going to see who ultimately winds up with the better end of this deal. We know for L.A. For L.A., it's about Super Bowl. It's about getting back to the game and winning it. Because, honestly, Jared Goff was two throws away from or two Brandon Cooks plays away from them winning the Super Bowl a couple years ago against the Patriots. Now they need to go ahead and finish the deal. Detroit Detroit just needs to make themselves relevant again in the in the North, in the NFC. That's all they need to do first and foremost. We'll see what everything else from there. We'll see what happens.
2: Lewis, I'm going to put your general manager hat on uh, for me. Two years ago, you gave a guy $134 million, $100-plus $100 million of guaranteed money. Uh, You eventually drafted him prior to that as the number one overall pick. Uh, He was cooking. He's gone to three playoff games, uh, three playoff appearances, and a Super Bowl appearance. Two years later, you say he's no good for you. How do you change your mind like that on a player?
9: You know, it, it probably wasn't just like that. And you know there you know that there are other things that he as though he was making up for or covering up for helping with, with Jared that he didn't feel as though you know he wanted to continue to do and that he could get better performance out of that position if he had someone else. Now, I know what, you know the first part of what you said was but you just made that financial commitment to him that is extraordinary. Well that is People get it wrong in the NFL. People overshoot in the NFL, especially at quarterback, especially when they figure, you know, at the time, what's my next best alternative? What else do I have? What, what, what else am I going to go to? And people get get it wrong in that position more, more than the, than they would like to admit, or more than they would like to see. And in this case, they overshot in, in their estimation, and they felt, felt as though they needed to get someone who was better. I mean, that's good. That's the only way you can you can. Doing what they're doing, and they feel as though Matthew, Matthew would have made them play rather would have kept them in the game against Aaron Rodgers in the divisional round in the playoffs. They feel as though that kind of player would have helped them out because I read a quote. I read, I read a quote this morning that Sean said this about about Aaron Rodgers after that game. Supposedly he said to Aaron Rodgers something to the effect of watching you was like watching watching a game in slow motion because it looked so easy and so dialed in as far as how you were playing and executing. What he's saying is he's just not seeing that from his quarterback, and he feels as though he needs that kind of play to compete in the NFC in particular. So if that's the case, then go ahead, man. Put all your chips in and push them all into the middle of the table and shoot your shot because that's exactly what they did.
1: It's unbelievable. It's going to be the start of what Adam Schefter said could be an unprecedented amount of quarterback movement. You got two number one picks swapped for each other and the number one target, of course, Deshaun Sean Watson still waiting out there. It, by the way, it's Super Bowl week too. The NFL never stops. Lou, really appreciate the perspective. Thank you. All right, Thanks, sweet Lou. Lou, baby. All right, man. That's Lou Riddick joining us on the Goodyear Hotline. On the way. Deshaun Watson isn't the only big-time stud in sports that is moving forward with the player empowerment movement. One of Major League Baseball's best players is doing the same and getting a scant amount of attention. That's next on Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin.
8: Hey, it's Greeny, and the first enormous move of the NFL offseason has been made. Jared Goff traded to the Lions. Matthew Stafford now with the Rams. What does it all mean? We'll talk about it Monday. It's Greeny, starting 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus.
0: For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions.
2: Plus... Their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people
8: safer. Call, click com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
5: Must be 21 plus and present in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
8: If
2: every voice and sing.
3: the only man to ever win a Super Bowl and an Olympic gold medal, Bullet Bob Hayes was declared the world's fastest human in 1964. The following year, he was named NFL All-Pro in his rookie season with the Cowboys.
1: And that's the voice of our Lisa Salters from Monday Night Football, honoring one of football's greats, Key. Again, I know it's a little before your time with Bullet Bob Hayes, but that's a guy that if you love football history, that's a guy you've certainly heard of doing it on the track doing it on the field, and we will be commemorating a lot of these great African-American athletes, one a day, every single day this month.
2: Yeah, and and so, you know, just growing up and in, in growing up in public school out in Los Angeles, you know, I didn't necessarily appreciate Black History Month because I wasn't told anything. The only thing I was told was Martin Luther King, and I was pretty much it, right? And so as I gotten older, I've learned that there are more African-American, prominent African-American heroes that are out there that we needed to talk about and celebrate over time. Because growing up, it was just, we had Martin Luther King, and that was pretty much it. It wasn't, they were not educating us and telling us some of the things that we needed to know when we were younger. Um, but now, you you know, you could appreciate it way more. I mean, it's important.
1: Uh, Age does that to you.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, it, and it does. But just over time, Zubin, when you're young and you're growing up in certain areas, in certain cities, those textbooks only say certain things when everybody else may be getting a little broader, a little more. Uh, but I certainly appreciate it. I mean, I'm always obviously proud to be black, but at this particular moment in this month it just means a lot,
0: you know, key, you hit on a great point. I mean, most history curriculums in schools are focused on traditional history of Caucasian figures. Right. Um, and You know, it's interesting, Carter G. Woodson was one of the first things I recognized when I was younger because my father spoke to me about it. A guy was born in 1875, got his PhD from Harvard, and I was like, oh, it's cool to be educated. It's cool to think differently and how he pushed for the agenda. He's known as the father of Black History Month, essentially, Key, and it's learning about those things, about the variety and the expansiveness of the culture of uh, prominent African American people and what they've done to change the history of our country and people around the world. Uh, I think it's really important that we continue to spread that knowledge.
1: And we'll do it every single day at this time. We'll also have a great African American sports achievement in our Sports Center updates. Every single weekday this month. Keyshawn J. Will Zoom and brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless, new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com slash Straight Talk limitations and exclusions apply. We're also presented by Progressive Insurance Uh, Before I let you go today, there's been so much talk, and you guys, I think our show has really been one of the first shows to really talk about it, and many other people have sort of carried it after we brought out the player empowerment movement. You see it in the NBA all the time, the formation of super teams, and Deshaun Watson is a guy that certainly wants to do it in the National Football League. He's got a big contract. He's not happy with the way things are going with the Houston Texans. He knows his services are in demand. He's got a no-trade clause. He's 25 years old. He's in the prime of his career. And there are no lack of teams that are going to want to pick up somebody like Deshaun Watson. He changes your team immediately. He becomes a top-five player in the NFL, and he moves to your team, and he's got that same designation. He let ownership know things need to be a certain way, and if they're not a certain way, then I'm out. So we'll see how many NFL players follow him. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But over the weekend, Major League Baseball had their own Deshaun Watson, believe it or not, in Colorado's Nolan Arenado. Great third baseman, been in baseball for eight years, has won eight gold gloves. All of our baseball historians say he's the best at third base since Brooks Robinson. Oh, by the way, he also has led the National League in home runs three different times. He is a top five player in Major League Baseball. Homegrown kid just like Deshaun Watson. But what happened to Nolan Arenado? He signed a $260 million deal, much like Deshaun signed a $156, and the Rockies proceeded to give nothing, put nothing around him. The Rockies had a handshake deal. You signed this deal for $260. Remember, Harper and Machado, who Nolan is every bit as good as, signed for $300 and $330, took a discount. Get me some guys. Since then, the Rockies have been fourth-place finishers in back-to-back years. They didn't do anything to help him. So he went to them and essentially said, get me out of here. He actually said he felt very disrespected by the organization. In an amazing move, the team's GM, Jeff Brydich, came out publicly chastised Arenado and said, if we were in a full rebuild, you wouldn't even be here. It got that nasty. And so with $199 million or so left on his deal— He was shipped to the St. Louis Cardinals over the weekend. He is the MLB's version of Deshaun Watson. Talented, top five, made money, guys want me, I want to go if you're not going to help us be better. It's not going to get the attention of Deshaun Watson. But dare I say, there may be four players in the league better than Deshaun Watson. It depends on how you want to stack it up, where does Andrew Donald fit, all that sort of stuff. There are not four players in Major League Baseball better than Nolan Aronado. It's not even close. He could be top three. So this is just an example of just one other athlete that is suddenly realizing his power key. It's not in the NFL, it's in the MLB, so it won't be get as much attention, but he got himself over to a winner. The Cardinals are a winning organization. I think believe they won 11 World Series, and the Rockies have never won the division title, not once. Under the radar, but very similar. No,
2: and Arenado, you know, like you mentioned, third baseman, been there. He thought that they were going to rebuild around him. They started the process, but then completely did a 380-degree turn about face and decided that that's not the direction that they wanted to go in after giving him a lengthy deal. He certainly landed in a – I hate to see him land in the St. Louis spot, but he sat, landed with the St. Louis Cardinals, which the Cardinals organization, as you mentioned, 11 world championships, but historically all the way back to the days of Ozzy Smith. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just been great. I mean, whether it was Albert Pujols or whatever, they know what to do with baseball players. Is this still Anheuser-Busch Stadium?
1: It is Bush Stadium. It's Bush the Stadium. new Bush Stadium. Yeah. There's a newer version there.
2: They still know what to do with those players in Bush Stadium. Indeed.
1: I,
0: I just try to turn myself around 380 degrees. Yeah, try like, it.
2: It's go, you mean 180 no 180 three because they're gonna do it multiple times not 180 i wanted to make sure they, they go, keep spinning
0: make you disoriented
2: yes because that is exactly what the rockies decided to do when they botched this particular signing yeah uh, last I thing love you, if you take a
1: spin around their infield this is their infield in 2013 before we get the guys final thoughts on the big trade for the weekend this is their infield in 2013 todd helton amazing player at first space D.J. LeMahieu, who is killing it Mm. for the Yankees at second. Troy Tulowitzki, tremendous player in his prime, California guy, at short. And Arenado at third. None of them are left.
2: None of them are left. They all moved.
1: They all moved. Speaking of moving, Stafford for Goff. Your just quick thoughts for those that are just joining this morning. I know many of you were probably up and shoveling, had a lot more priorities dealing with this morning. But the deal goes down, and you say, I mean, hey, you want him, you got him. You got Stafford, and now the pressure might squarely be on McVay. We've talked so much about Golf and Stafford, but this is what McVay wanted, and he got it.
2: Well, I think it, I think it's on McVay. It's on Les Snead, and it's and it's on Stafford as well. Uh, he falls into replace, and it's crazy because you're replacing a quarterback that appeared in a Super Bowl and has won playoff games before. When Stafford, and his long tenure in Detroit, whether it's his fault or not, his fault or whatever the case may be, has never won a playoff game oh, so the expectations are going to be high for this young man and in, in unfair or fair they're they're going to be high expectations and on sean McVay too you came in as a boy wonder you were the great guy you were mentored under the grudens and all this you're kind of taking a page from gruden's book not satisfied with quarterbacks so now people are going to start to take a look at that
0: could it backfire sure it could backfire but i like the fact that they're going for it yeah you know, and, and, and look, if Jared Goff wasn't their guy, and I, I, Key, you and I both made mention of this, it feels like there was something a little bit more there. Now, I wasn't with Les Snead and Sean McVay every day. I don't know the innuendos of how their relationship works with Jared Goff, but it feels like their relationship with Matthew Stafford is better. And look, I know Matthew Stafford's been stashed away in Detroit, and he has, he's only gotten you know three playoff times, and he's lost. But like, also, it's a team sport, right? I know. Transcendent quarterbacks can take teams to different levels. I'm not saying Matthew Stafford is not a transcendent quarterback like that, but you surround him with the right pieces. This could be a game changer for this organization. And look, do they have to win it? Yeah, they have to win it. But that's the kind of pressure you want. That's the kind of pressure that makes diamonds. There's
2: nothing wrong with the pressure at all. Hopefully they win it and it pays off. But if they don't, two, three years from now, we'll all look back at this and say, and as Jared Goff continues to try to build his legacy – in Detroit but for those that are tweeting at us I don't have a garage I live in a place where I don't live in a high rise just so stop asking why don't I have a garage
0: called the remote starter that's no all they're called. saying
2: why don't this man have a garage I don't understand he works at ESPN no I do not have a garage at my house this is New York City if you know anything about the city there's not a lot of garages and I'm not paying somebody money to park in a garage you, I you
1: pay don't a pay a attention to people on Twitter Key, you ready for the ride home? Yes, I'm ready for the ride home. <laughs> okay, jeez.